You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Seriously, I really don't want that in the studio. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's here and it's spectacular. It's uncomfortable. I don't appreciate it. You're I don't want to really, look at it. You're freaking out about this. Yeah, I don't like it. There's, I'm not. I'm not kidding around. Like I really don't. It's like, like a it. Milton Bradley board game or Hasbro, I guess. Uh, Hasbro game of evil. That's what that is. It's just a game. No, it's not a game. Those things. No, I don't. Why, you, mess why are you that. so fearful of something you can buy in the toy section? Okay, I'll I'll tell you why. Actually, okay, I've had I'd like to because you're having a really strong reaction to it's, this. Yes, exactly. Because I I I. It's evil. Wow. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week out of Portland, Oregon, on the Fun Employment Radio Network, and then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. So thank you so much for finding us. Of course, uh, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. We've got a bunch of stuff that we're going to be getting to today, including an interview with Lori Kilmartin. So Lori is going to be here in town on Friday, October 3rd, which is tomorrow mm-hmm. if you're listening right now and uh, she's got a part here as part of the uh, Bridgetown Comedy Series where they're bringing in uh, comedians outside of Bridgetown Comedy Festival yep. and to kind of lead up to it like to be the buffer between the festivals sure mm-hmm. yeah and uh, she's going to be performing there with Dan St. Germain it's going to be and awesome she's going to be at the Bossa Nova Ballroom Bossa Nova Ballroom which is coincidentally where we'll be on November 14th mm-hmm. uh, so uh, we'll, we'll be playing her interview we'll explain that here in just a little bit she is awesome and uh, that's coming up on the show also a few other things I will say this though right off the bat um, just to just to bring this up I know we've been talking about it a lot it is October so I guess that's Halloween it is this is the way you can't fight against it if this is what's naturally occurring then we need to go with the flow it's what's occurring so I have agreed to allow a ghost investigation of my house just a quick recap of that if you're just tuning into this show and uh, I I lost a bet I agreed to have a ghost investigation Mm -hmm. I don't want to do a ghost investigation but it is going to happen this month in October and we've got some more things we'll announce about it as we come up on the sh- come up uh, towards it. Uh, but then the results will be revealed at our listener party on November 14th. You can get tickets at funemploymentradio.com. So with that, though, one of our listeners, a listener by the name of John, who lives in Boring, Oregon. John in Boring. Decided to send in something that I am saying right now will not be allowed at a ghost investigation of my house. That and is that just is, rude because you know what? He made sure to specialty ship it like overnight to our studio. Fine. I don't care. Just don't care. It, it He bought us a Ouija board. That is supposed to be used, I guess, during a seance at my house. Now, that was not part of the bet. Part of the bet was just a ghost investigation, not having a seance, where we're going to be, like, summoning demons and crap or whatever. It's not a seance. All right, Greg, let me tell you this. This is a this is a Hasbro game. I'm looking at other Hasbro board games. So if you're yeah, afraid I, of this, then you'd be afraid of what? Battleship. Yeah, do you... Boggle. Do you ask unseen Candyland. entities things in Boggle or Battleship or Candyland? This is unseen entities. It's just your fingers getting vibrations and you're like, you're moving it with the with your thoughts. No. We'll see. Let no. Me see. So, you know what? As is every scary thing, there's an instruction manual here, Greg. It's so scary. It is. Well, it's not scary. I just, I don't want to mess around with stuff like that. I don't believe in messing with stuff like Greg, that. Greg, no, this says about it's ages eight plus. 
Yeah. All right, you got it. So don't be don't be too scared. There are some eight year olds who are playing. The age can get possessed. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so the contents. Okay, so we have one Ouija board. Uh, it says handle it with respect, and it won't disappoint you. Uh, there's also the planchet, which uh, John and Boring actually sprung for the glowing battery. Yeah, the, the planchet. That's the that's the little thing you put it's your fingers on. It's the thingy that slides around. Okay. And that spells uh, out things like I want to kill you, Greg. It's like that thing. So the planchet says, let it guide you in your search for answers. So how you begin your quest is this. I'm looking at the directions just in case, uh, you know, for this scary board game. Your quest for possession. Uh, The quest begins says, dim the lights and draw the shades to see uh, the illuminated answers better. The devil wrote these instructions himself. Gently place the planchet in the middle of the Ouija board. By the way, Sarah's sitting over here in a very bright red shirt, too. You're starting to look like that. Anyway. I'm starting to look like what? I don't know. You're looking very devilish. I'm wearing a red. If I was, I should be wearing like all black or something. If you're supposed to be devilish, mm. uh, it says gather closely around the board. If you dare. Mm. All right. So this is what you do. So when you start playing this game, again the game from such makers as Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> what and, the hell game is Don't Wake Daddy? And Frogger, Wait along with the game of life. Side note: I want to know what what is the game Don't Wake Daddy? <laughs> He's drunk again. What what the hell is that game? Uh, That's an actual board Don't game? Wake Daddy is when players take on the role of children sneaking to the refrigerator late at night trying not to wake up their sleeping father who's That's... in the middle of the board on a large bed. <laughs> that is a horrible game. I don't like the idea of that at all. Well, yes, it's just as scary as a don't Ouija wake board, though. Daddy. Made by the same company again, must say. Daddy, was, Daddy had a bad day at work. Don't wake Daddy. That's uh, I, that could go to a dark place. Very All right. Quickly. So uh, then the directions are after you have your hands around on the planchette and you're around you've dimmed the lights and did everything with the scary board mm-hmm. game. Don't wake you, daddy. Uh, you place two fingers lightly on the planchette. Let the bravest amongst you, which would be anybody but Greg, ask the first question. No. Now give Ouija enough time to respond because the spirits can't be rushed. Yeah. Concentrate. If the planchette doesn't move, ask another question and focus. Then, <laughs> oops. Well, it's really scary with Trailer Park Boys in the background. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my phone ringing. Um, also, it's asking, did you reveal everything that Ouija is hiding for you? It's, okay, so there are also the rules, Greg. Always speak slowly and clearly, just as friendly spirits prefer, and don't forget to say goodbye when you're done. Yeah, because if you don't say goodbye, then it sticks around and uh, and stays there with you. Why would you even want to mess with this? Because what if it's it a is game. Real? Yeah, but it. How does it move? It moves with your with your brain vibrations. That doesn't make any sense it at all. It spells out what you want it to spell out. Okay, let me tell you this. So I'll, I'll explain. I have played with the Ouija board before. Never will I play with one in my house because we did have one when I was a kid, and we messed around with it. We didn't like what it was saying, and then my mom t- said, no, don't ever play with this again. Wait, so your and, mom scared you? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's it's scary. It's scary. My brother's the same way. He doesn't want to fuck around with these things either. It, it's funny, actually. I heard from uh, his uh, his lady friend, and she she wrote and said the same thing. Like, what is it with you nibblers? Why are you so scared of Ouija boards? Because I guess she has one, but Jeff makes her bury it like deep down in a closet so he can't see it. I'm I'm the same way. I don't like them. I've I've uh, I messed around with them in high school, and part of it was this. Like, we were at uh, we were at my girlfriend's house in high school, and I was buddies with this guy. Um, I'll just say his name is Kareem, and Kareem. Decided to like ask, he asked the Ouija board. We were playing with these, like, when will I die? He asked that question of it, which that was terrifying. And it actually gave him a date. I don't remember what the date was. And uh, I, I'm assuming Kareem is just fine wherever he is right now. I haven't talked to him in like 20 years. Well, you're but, supposed to have a conclusion to that story if you're going to say that it tells when he's going to die. What I'm saying is, Greg's it hat was has terrifying. come off, by the way, you guys. That's the stress level. His hat, he just threw his hat. It was terrifying because it actually gave a date on that thing, a date in the future, the future which could have been when, you know, whatever it was. And 
I just the, the idea that that could happen. No, I just don't like it. I don't like the thing. I don't want to know what's going on. I've heard too many horror stories. Maybe it's just a game. It's just Maybe your it's buddy's just messing with you. No, it's what people use in seances. Right, I've seen enough. Movies. Let me just tell you this. So Greg and I were meeting after the show yesterday, and we get it. Knock on the door, and I knew that John uh, had said so. He had the studio address, so he sent it to the studio. And uh, so, you know, the the UPS guy was there, signed for it and everything, got it, opened it up. Of course, I was very excited. Greg would not come into the same room as me. I was in the green room. I decided, I, you know, because I like to decorate the room. We have all kinds of pictures and things on the walls. And I'm like, this is a very nice looking Ouija board. Like it has a, like this really nice fancy planchet and like Looks it's all expensive. Like, yeah, it's wood nice. grain. It's very pretty. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll just display this out on the table because it looks nice. Like, leave the board and the planchet out there. And as we're locking up, because we have the two rooms, as we're locking up, Greg sees it. He throws a fit. And he is like, <laughs> it, wasn't abs- a fit. it was a fit. There was Maybe no. A fit. Okay, it's a definition of a fit if there's no, like, talking you out of what you feel is right. Yeah. Yeah. You were throwing a fit. All like, right, I fine. had it, I had it all, like, set up and it looked really cool. And Greg's like, what the fuck is that doing there? He's like, put that away. Do not take that out of the box. Why is that out of the box? Don't leave that out there. Started yelling at me, grabs the Ouija board, starts shoving it back into the box, and wouldn't let me have it out on the table. Yeah, you at set all. it out there for people to start conjuring things or whatever it is that goes on. No, 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 no. No, that can't be happening. That can't happen. Uh, Kareem, Kareem, it looks like Kareem's doing okay. I found him on Facebook. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good. Oh, Kareem no, that's from fine. two years ago. Oh. Oh, shut up. Anyway, um, Kareem was awesome. Um, so. No, so Greg, this was right before we left yesterday, and Greg was legitimately getting mad at me. I didn't realize that you, you were act, that you were actually getting mad at me until you were mad at me. I'm like, I didn't know. Okay, I'm already nervous enough about this, and it's not that I necessarily, as I said before, with the ghost investigation, either we're going to find out that there is a ghost there, or we're going to find out that I'm crazy and I've heard weird things, and it's all in my head, which is even scarier. So I don't know which is I don't know which I'm more nervous about because either way, I lose. I lose in the situation again. Uh, Putting that in there is not something that I want to want to mess around and with. And Hasbro, who makes such scary games, is Pictionary. What's the origin of a Ouija board? Outburst. Let's, let's just think about Scrabble. this. Yeah, what would be the best way to put, like, the devil's influence into you would be put it through Hasbro. I'm not... Okay, now I am sounding crazy. You sound a little... Uh, Jesus. I, I, I'm just saying, I don't want to mess around with it. What the do, devil goes through Hasbro? <laughs> is that really what you just said? You are losing it, man. Well, all right, I'm nervous. I'm a little bit on edge. Since I've realized this thing's happening. What is the ghost going to do? Do worse things to you in your house? Yeah. Like what? It can always get worse. Have you seen any movies? Have you ever watched a horror movie? You know how it could get? We could get all kinds of worse. What if it gets mad? What if it's upset? <laughs> I'm looking at the Hasbro games, like, just like Don't Wake Daddy. There's a game that Hasbro says that's called, What Did Grandpa Do to the Cat? What? <laughs> That's a real game. This it's isn't a real, like a, it's a puzzle board game. It says, "What did Grandpa do to the cat?" What did Grandpa do to the? Well, what did he do? I don't. Now I'm looking at it, and it's, it's going to a broken link. I don't know. Kitty, where did Grandpa touch you? We will never know what Grandpa did to the cat. What did Grandpa? Is this I, bothering I, you I right now? Because game. I have the I have the Ouija board. Yeah, out it's right now. annoying. I'm trying to ignore it. It's just right here. What? Oh, this one slides around real good too. What did Lots Grandpa? What did Grandpa do to the cat? That's actually a game now. I want that. And don't wake Daddy. He's sleeping or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's drunk and Grandpa. We don't know where the cat is. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk again. Where'd the cat go? Wow. Well, anyway, that's, Greg, that's seriously, what it is. something has power if you allow yourself to think that it has fine, power. Then it has power, and I don't. No, like it. don't. What? Go the opposite way. It's too late. Then you take the power away from it. You give it power by saying that you that you believe in it. It's silly. It's a silly kids eight plus game. Yeah, 
Well, I don't know if I believe there it or not. There are video games like that are, you know, ranked higher for, you know, children. Fine, we'll play a video game then during the ghost investigation. That's fine. I play FIFA all the time. No, we'll I, play FIFA. we're going to play. I'm going to bring this because that would be really rude of us. Like, John spent money and time to, like, overnight ship this. Because yeah, you threw away I, the last I, 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 one. That's nice. Which, by the way, is kind of dangerous. You should never, ever throw away a Ouija board. Why? That well, how else are you supposed to get, get rid of you. it? That was your what, do possession. I burn it? You were supposed to gift it to someone. You're not supposed to just throw it away. When is that a rule? Is that what the rule is? That means that things? you're still tied to that. Have board. You, so you've played around these things a lot. Yeah. Why? Because what, what they're do you fun. Get out of because it? it's fun to mess with your friends. They're not real, Greg. But what if? I'm just saying this is the best way to live life. You know, there's always what, the, what the what if. What if? What be afraid of everything your Let whole me life? Finish. There's there's the what ifs. You know, it's best just to like say, well, you know what? In case that's a possibility, I'm just gonna avoid that. And then you live life, and it's just much better. It's just like setting the bar really low, and then you can cross that bar. And then you know, it's like everything's. Fantastic. So you're saying to never do you anything, never take any it's chances. It's probably best to ever. just stay in your house. If our studio wasn't down here, I'd just stay in my house and never go outside and never talk to anyone because that's just the safe thing to do. That's probably how. That's my advice to everyone out there. That's that's how you should live your lives, of course. I'm not being hysterical at all, but and no. Anyway, no, that's not part of it. It's not part of the ghost investigation. Well, we'll just have to real. go back and listen to the bet. Fine. If somebody wants to pull up the, the audios from earlier this year, you can probably find it if you go to our website, funemploymentradio.com, and search. You'll you'll be able to find it. Well, so oh, look, you have a party. girl coming to your defense in the chat. Lily's trying to stand up for you. What, in the you know live it's chat bad at, when Lily's trying to stand up live for Live chat at funemploymentradio.com uh-huh. slash live. Uh, yeah, see, she's even saying inviting ghosts in. Oh, now, whatever, Lily. I think part of it is if you, you grow up, you know, small towns and you, you go to church and you do those things, those things. This, I, I grew up like in it. small towns and went to church. You didn't grow up in a small town. Yes, I, for a majority of my life I did before I moved to Bremerton. Okay. Yeah, I lived in a tiny town. All right. Yeah, with one, one, one high school... One elementary school, one middle school. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. But I don't know. Ouija boards, I don't know. I've never had a really scary experience with them because I just don't feel like giving a Hasbro board game that much power. Why don't you do that in your apartment then? I would. I have. You would conjure something in My your friends apartment. and I have drunkenly made uh, Ouija boards out of like the top of a pizza box and like the and a CD case. They're yeah. easy to make. You just get like a piece of cardboard, write out the alphabet, the numbers, goodbye. Uh, yeah, yes, I saw no. one of those when I was in California. I don't think it was this last time. Maybe it was time before. And uh, in this park, somebody, these kids had drawn one up on cardboard like that and had it, and it was just left there. It was the creepiest thing ever, just at, in this dirty park that I was running through, and there's just a homemade Ouija board laying on the ground. Anyway, I'm just saying, I, 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 I don't want to do it. I'm well, you don't have to, Aaron. Let's and change. I can. Let's move on. All right. Well, let's move on from this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, I have another thing I want to talk about, but I feel like maybe we should should we put the interview in between? So should we just uh, brighten it up a little and have Lori talk about what she's going to be doing tomorrow? And then I want to tell you about something that happened to me yesterday. Okay. All right. Yeah. And let's I feel do that. like it. I kind of felt like it came hand in hand with me messing with you about the Ouija board. Uh huh. So much because within an hour, this really weird thing happened to me, and I swear to God, I actually thought I'm like, fuck, I. I was messing with Greg about that Ouija board stuff. See? See? Okay, good. Something happened. All right, yes. Let's uh, let's go ahead and then uh, let's play our interview with Lori. So as I said, Lori is going to be here in town in Portland, Oregon at the Bossa Nova Ballroom tomorrow. You can get tickets at bossanovaballroom.com where you can get tickets to that. Also, our listener party. And, um, and go check her out. She is hilarious. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, Lori, she's a writer for Conan. So that's what she does right mm. now. She's also a stand-up, um, very funny woman. She also got kind of a bit of uh, a big 
big media push earlier this year. Oh, she did. She was everywhere. Daily Mail, uh, Huffington Post, like tons right. of write-ups. And she was uh, she she received all of this attention because her father uh, was passing away from cancer. So he was kind of moved into hospice. And I know that's a very dark subject, but during that process, she took to Twitter. And as she explains, like she she's she's a writer, she's a comedy writer. And so she she kind of coped with it how she would cope with it and kind of wrote these these little jokes, you know, about a very serious situation and c- tried to see the lighter side of things as you're going through this this you know, kind of an awful yeah. life event. I mean, that's the way that and she was choosing to deal with her grief was by doing this. And it caught a lot of people's attention because, you know, she was trying to not make light of anything, but the no. way to get through it by doing the way that, that she knew how to cope. And I got to say, I mean, it's it's a fascinating, fascinating thing to you because you can go back through and read all of her Twitter posts by some of them. Some of them, you know, are just kind of they're very sad and some of them are just. Just really funny. Um, one of them that she posted, uh, Dad unknowingly unleashed a lifetime of nightmares on his seven-year-old grandson with these last words, I'll see you sooner than you think. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just kind of kind of going over these these. I mean, it takes such a strong person to be able to deal with something like it, that. Too. And she does it, and it. She's amazing. She's awesome. Yes. She does so much stuff. So uh, she's going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, and she will. She will. She'll be here tomorrow. I just wanted to read, read one more of them really quick. Uh, there's you can find all of these online, and we'll post a link to them. What um, them was can't bear to see cancer devour my dad. Gonna give him a heart attack instead by showing him how much dollars I've donated to MoveOn.org. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's it's how you how you handle it. And uh, she is fantastic. She's going to be here, like we said, tomorrow. So let's go ahead and play our interview with her, and then we'll come back in a minute and find out whatever it is that Sarah's talking oh, about. Oh boy, I've got a story uh, for you. Here is Lori Kilmartin on Fun Employment Radio. Back up. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. And as promised, we now have our guest joining us. So she's going to be at Bossa Nova Ballroom on October 3rd, 8 p.m., part of the Bridgetown Comedy Series. It is Lori Kilmartin. Hello. Hi, Greg. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hi, Lori. <laughs> Can you tell I'm a mother? <laughs> you do have a very pleasant. You have a pleasant maternal voice. It, you know, inside there's great masculine turmoil, so I, <laughs> I'm glad to offset it. I feel like now I don't want to upset you in any way, or I'm going to get scolded. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh God! Uh, so, <laughs> Challenge. So, um, so you're coming to town. I mean, we'll just talk about this too. First, I want to say, you know, my condolences on the on the loss of your father oh, earlier. Uh, earlier this year, um, but you have taken that, and this is part of what your tour is. It's called "45 Jokes About My Dead Dad," and this is the this is what you're bringing to town here. You're getting ready to film this special. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the special is yeah, being um, filmed in LA, correct? But this is kind of uh, before it. Yeah, this is a a preview, I guess. I'm still I'm still working it out. It's it's kind of a strange uh, chunk of material to yeah. to launch on a on an audience. So uh, <laughs> what I was noticing was, oh my gosh, my alarm to uh, call you just went off. What I was noticing <laughs> is when I was on <laughs> when I was on stage and I would just start talking about it in the middle of other material about my my son or being a single mom and stuff. People would get sort of some people would get upset, you know, and maybe this is the first night they'd gone out since their loved one died, and I was triggering stuff. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. uh, I thought, oh, let me just name this a show: Forty Five Jokes About My Dead Dad, so everyone knows ahead of time <laughs> what they're getting into, <laughs> and you know. 
some people might have a bintered experience and and are ready to sort of move forward and uh, you know and not be uh, not completely existing grief. And so I just kind of wanted to throw it out there to people and and uh, hopefully we'll get some we'll get some audience that really likes that kind of stuff. It's pretty dark and uh, uh, and honest about you know uh, someone dying of cancer and when you're the family going through hospice and you know grief and funerals and all that kind of crap and uh, all the the things that go wrong and stuff. So it's it kind of fits all those things. Now, did it surprise you with all of the attention that it received after you know you started tweeting about all the stuff that you were going through, and pretty soon you know all of a sudden you went from like ten thousand followers to like forty thousand plus people following this journey that you were going on? Yeah, it was crazy. Like I I, I write monologue jokes for Conan, so I'm just used to writing jokes all day long. And when I was at home with my dad, that's just a natural you know thing to do is to just uh, start you know writing jokes. So I was just talking writing about that what was happening in front of me and Patton Oswald who's a like I've known forever from San Francisco uh retweeted some of them and when Patton retweets you the whole world is watching so that's when uh, a lot of people started paying attention it was kind of surreal and it was interesting because I was able to show my dad like lots of comments that people left on on my feed and you know some newspapers that covered it too and before he died he he saw that all these people were praying for him and so it kind of made him feel good you know that that was happening too that's that's fantastic i mean that's um definitely you know i guess the way what i'm trying to say is you know everybody goes through these life experiences like something like this right there's dark stuff in life but the fact that you can find like a a silver lining and still see the humor in a situation that we all have to go through i think it's fantastic uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people find it sort of uh, re- relaxing and a relief to laugh at, you know. And I've mm-hmm. I've had I've had even even comedians have gone through it, and so they haven't been able to kind of process it on stage. Go it, say it feels good to laugh at. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, um, you brought up Conan, and this is actually just this is just a question I had because I was curious about this. You know, I mean, you're you're a writer by trade and a stand up at the same time, but you're writing for Conan and for that show. Since you're always writing, mm-hmm. do you ever like write some joke that's that's meant to be for Conan, but you, you're like, no, I'm going to hold down to that one for myself. Until <laughs> <Tell> I'm touring. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't write enough good jokes in the day to hold on to any gold. <laughs> like I, I write so many turds that anything I do come up with that's good, I I definitely give to him. And then if he doesn't, you know, use it, then I'll tweet it or something. But um, but you know, we write. I mean, there's a couple of monologue joke writers, and we write we write so many jokes every day that. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of crappy jokes in there, uh, and and the and the few good ones we try to give to him. Do you have a number of jokes like you try to hit per day that you're writing? Like, is they're like, all right, I need to do like 45 today. Uh, there's not a number, but it's, it, it usually ends up being 45 to 50. It depends on the the news cycle too. Like when you know there's a Schwarzenegger um, baby with a housekeeper, <laughs> you're you're gonna hit like 75 jokes. Like jackpot, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The Social Security thing, I mean, excuse me, the Secret Service thing uh, is sort of helpful, but it's it's kind of a grim news cycle right now. But yeah. Well, you were talking. Uh, well, we, when we were doing research on you, I noticed that you also wrote this book, and I, I actually got sucked into it about for about twenty minutes reading the reviews. The book that uh, you were a part of, Shitty Mom. Yeah. Oh, you could say that. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we should preface with that. Yeah. Oh, it's. Ing- I mean, I, I myself do not have children, but just reading that, it, it just looks. It has the most amazing reviews, and it just looks downright hysterical. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty funny. It's about 50 little short essays. It's, it's, you could probably read it in a day if you're a mom, you know, or, or maybe two days. But definitely it's good toilet reading, you know, when you're escaping your kid. Um, just about how, you know, horrific parenting can be and ways you can cheat and, and not have to be the perfect parents all day long. Um, I, there's so much pressure to do everything right now. And I just remember I, um, I was almost raised by animals by, you know, current standards. And it turned out semi-okay. So I think, I think, uh, I think you can kind of back off a little bit. Yeah, the whole book sort of that that premise. And was this the book that um, you went on Oprah to talk about? No, that was great. That was just I was on Oprah to talk about vibrators. And <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, a different uh, subject. A friend, <laughs> I wasn't even. The, it was it was some strange thing where a friend of mine who's a comedian was friends with somebody at Oprah, and um, so she just got four of us together, and we represented the New York team that tested vibrators, and we were somehow up against a group of women in San Diego who tested the same vibrators, and we all gave our reviews. I I was I had not a single complaint about any of the equipment I was given to try. How is that a competition? Like, do, do, who was pleased more? I kind of yeah okay. yes I think so yeah <laughs> uh, definitely the definitely the New Yorkers one I, I think we just figured out more ways to use it. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. What what is it like behind the scenes at Oprah? We, you know, we actually weren't even in a studio. We just kind of skyped in. I think it was it was the last days of Oprah when when they were they weren't going to be spending much money. Although, you know, I mean, we did have about the nicest vibrators I've ever seen. So <laughs> okay. I, I would rather have you know four handcrafted vibrators than a plane ticket to Chicago any day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't prepare any follow-up questions for vibrators. I just so like I how <laughs> caught off guard you were, Greg. This is awesome. All right, so uh, from vibrators, really quick to your show. So after uh, you record your <laughs> – after you finish recording uh, 45 Jokes About My Dead Dad, are, are those jokes that you're going to retire and, like, move away from that, or is that still going to be incorporated into your comedy? I'll try I, – I will try and incorporate as much as I can into a regular stand-up set. I, I, you know, I, I, it's just – I, you know, it's, it's weird. People will sometimes get upset like, oh, that's your dad and you're being disrespectful. And I, I feel like, have you heard my jokes about my son? Like, he's alive. <laughs> that's the guy you should be worried about. <laughs> you know, I'm raising and I, and I was, you know, threatening to throw him against a wall. So uh, really, you know, keep your priorities intact. So I'll, I'll probably try to put them into my regular act. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm not, I'm not Louis CK. I don't retire material. (laughs) (laughs) Gets repurposed. I wish I was, but I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, so you, the show is going to be here Friday, actually tomorrow, October 3rd, 8 p.m. at Bossa Nova Ballroom, which is a fantastic location. Mm. That place is perfect for it. such a cool venue and I love Portland I've, I've, I've been coming up there for like 20 years working um, I used to work Harvey's all the time so it's, it's oh. one of my favorite towns nice. and, and you were... my sister lives up there so and you were just in Bridgetown this past year weren't you Bridgetown was so fun. <laughs> yeah, fun. Bridgetown is the most fun I've ever had at a comedy festival. I've been to Edinburgh. I've been to Montreal. I've been to Aspen. I had the most fun at, at Bridgetown. It was just a giant party. It was great. That's pretty much it what it was. Also, so much that fun. was the first time like I had a child to get away from, so maybe that made me enjoy it even more. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, tickets are at bossanovaballroom dot com, and then what's the best website for everybody to go uh, follow you? Like on Twitter, uh, website. 
Yeah, Twitter, uh, go to killmartin.com, K-I-L-M-A-R-T-I-N, sorry, I didn't know how to spell my name. And um, I, you can get, you know, my Twitter link is up there. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I mostly post stuff on Twitter all day long. So if, if you, uh, you're you into that, I'm, I'm right there. Awesome. awesome. Any Lori16 on Twitter. Lori16, got it. Nice. Well, Lori, thank you so much for calling in. This is this is awesome to talk to you. Everybody go out, see Lori tomorrow at Bossa Nova Ballroom. 45 jokes about my dead dad, um, and uh, and go check her out. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Lori. Bye. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Very cool. She is a funny lady. Yes, she is. That's so, going to be an awesome show. Lori Kilmartin, and get your tickets at bossanovaballroom.com. Mm-hmm. All right, so Sarah, yes. before we played the interview, you said that you encountered something or something I happened. did, and you Please got into explain. my head. All right, so after the whole Ouija board thing happened yesterday, after John and Boring yeah, had the Ouija board yeah, yeah, delivered yeah. to our studio, and I had set it out, and Greg freaked out, and he put it all right, away. Right, 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 right. So, um, so after I left... I decided to go for a run, as is my want, because of course we're um, doing. Op- I'm doing Operation Hot Fall. You're doing Operation Hot Operation Courage. Hot Courage. There you go. In honor of the band playing on November 14th. Courage. At the listener party. Yes. CourageMusic.com. So uh, I like to mix it up. So like uh, you know, I'll drive places sometimes and like go and run around different areas of town. So yesterday uh, it, was, it was a beautiful fall day. I'm like I and you know how much I love doing this. I love running through. The Lone Fir Cemetery. <laughs> this is all this show is about today. It is, yes, this is you just got, the way it's happening. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is what happened to me yesterday. I'm I'm sorry. It's like an overdose of all this stuff. But these are the things that happened. Right. So uh, so anyway, so yesterday it was a beautiful fall afternoon. It was like right when I got home, I changed into my running shit, or else I would have never gone. That's one of those uh-huh. things that you have to go right then, or else I'm not going to do it. Right. So um, I ended up going to the Lone Fir Cemetery, which is the oldest cemetery here in Southeast Portland. And uh, running through. So when I'm usually there, there'll be kids that I can see that are, um, like, sitting around. Like, they'll be sitting in, like, the park area and, like, sitting, like, reading a book or, you know, like, all hanging out together, like, looking at gravestones or something. As kids do. As kids do. And um, because it's very beautiful in there. There are all these, like, really. See, there's there's two ways. That's either very beautiful or it's very creepy. I mean, it is a, it's a. It's a very for a cemetery. It is a very beautiful cemetery. I'd, I'll say that the grounds some, are very interesting. Some of the you know some of the, like founding people of Portland are are there mm-hmm. in their gravestones, and there's some pretty elaborate ones. Yeah, they're all different. I mean, they're the woodsmen, uh, woodsmen of the world. All different, like different kinds of gravestones. There are big Russian plots. They're just like it's really neat. And there's this nice paved like walkway that goes through the whole thing. It's like a really big cemetery. It's probably about like oh, I'd say eight city blocks. Probably one way and then, yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, so I'm running through as I usually do and it's like light outside and I never feel unsafe there. Like I'm not afraid that somebody's going to pop out from behind a gravestone and like try and attack me. Uh, So I was running through and it was weird because it was about, I don't know, like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I was running through and I did not see a single other person. Uh, which I usually do there because there would be people like walking around. There are lots of other runners who will like be running because basically people will like run through or like ride their bikes. You just can't have animals there. So you can't like walk your dog through or anything. So I'm running through and it's beautiful. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go past this giant uh, crypt thing that there is because I like to go different routes. So I'm like, I'm going to run by this thing because I haven't run by it in a while. Yeah, it's a, it's like a two-story like almost yeah. mini mausoleum type thing. But it right? looks like a, a church steeple, but like yeah. the steeple parts lopped off and like set in the ground. Okay. Yeah. So basically it looks like that. It's like a, it's a mausoleum kind of thing. It's a smaller one for one family or a couple families. It's one of the oldest ones in the cemetery and it's really pretty. Is that they just have the slats and they just throw them on? Yeah. Like and they just bunk stick them in. Of, uh, yeah. Okay. They're like, yeah, they're like death yeah, bunk yeah, beds. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're all 
so I, I decided to run by there. So I haven't seen anybody. I'm, or And this is like toward the bottom of the graveyard. So I've already run through like most of it. And as I turn to go toward the direction of the crypt, I see a car parked over there. And there aren't a lot of cars usually because they don't, since it's an older cemetery, they don't have a lot of funerals there anymore. Okay. Uh, so I was like, okay, that's odd. And the car was parked directly um, across the walkway from the crypt thing. So I, I was running and then I, I saw, I couldn't see somebody because I was still kind of far away, but I thought I saw someone standing there. I'm like, okay, there's someone standing at that crypt. So I start getting closer and I realize that there's a man standing there and he's staring at it. And so I'm still from a distance. I'm like, oh, cool. And so in my head, I'm like, maybe this is maybe this is one of his relatives or something. Because I've always, you know, been fascinated by that right. crypt because it's the biggest one in the cemetery. Yeah. And as I saw him from a distance, I'm like, oh, maybe he knows somebody who's in there. It's a family thing. So as I get closer, uh, this guy, by the way, has not noticed me. I mean, I was wearing like bright colored running stuff, and I'm coming toward him from the side. Like he's standing, he's facing, he's facing east, and I'm coming from the north, heading toward him. Okay. On the path. So he's facing east toward the crypt. It's right in front of him. He's standing on the roadway looking up at it because there's like the roadway, a stair, and then an iron fence around the crypt so you can't trespass onto it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's standing like in front of the step. So uh, I, I get closer to him and he has not looked in my direction, hasn't done anything, and he's just staring straight forward, not moving. He's been doing it for about the... 200 feet that I've been running toward him has okay. not has not moved his head has not moved his arms he's just standing there I can see him he's holding a book in one hand as I get closer I thought maybe it was a laptop and he was listening to music or something okay or that's that was my initial thought because he had the book kind of open it almost looked like in a laptop open like that okay I was getting closer I'm like why is he holding a laptop up is he like maybe listening to music or something and as I get closer I see that it's this big leather bound book and he's still not doing anything and he's still staring straight ahead not blinking his other arms at his side and he's staring straight ahead into the crypt and his mouth is kind of moving a little bit. He what I couldn't tell if he was saying anything. I took my headphones out at that point cuz I was trying to see if he was like Kay. saying words and he was just kind of like like could hear like, like this mumbling? little mumbling. He was mumbling. Okay. At that point I st- I stopped running. I started like slowly uh, walked by cuz I'm like what the fuck is going on here. So the guy's still staring inside the crypt. I, I, I look at the book and that had distracted me because then I didn't then I looked down at his feet and there are three candles that are lit in front of him in like a triangle sense, like one on his left, one on his right, and one right in the middle. And they're all lit. They're like, like in those front of him, so like he's in front standing of him. in a triangle. Like he's stand- no, he's standing on the road. The candles are set up on the step in front of the iron gate to go into the crypt. Okay. So they're set on the step. So there are these three candles, and they almost in like a triangle kind of thing, that are lit. They're like those vert like very uh, like Guad- Virgin Guadalupe candles. Oh yeah, yeah. So the like, really big ones that are decorated. Yeah, candles. like the okay. like the tall ones, they're like a foot tall. And so we had yeah. three of those. And then I look and against and so he's sitting there muttering to himself. And then I look and against the iron fence is this leather bound book and it's black. And so this all, is what he had in his hand. No, this isn't what he had in his hand. He had a, he had he another had two. Book. Okay, he had a book in his hand. I couldn't see what that one said. He had it in his left hand. It was open, kind of at an angle, and he was muttering something. He wasn't looking at the book, but he was holding it and staring at the crypt. And then leaned against the iron gate right behind the candles was this uh, black leather-bound book. And all it said was Book of Shadows on it. What the? It said Book of Shadows. And it was, like, sunny outside. It was, like, 4.15. And I all of a sudden realized that I was in a cemetery by myself with a fucking crazy person. And I'm walking right by him. It freaked me the fuck out. Not because I thought that maybe he had some magical voodoo powers, but because clearly that's somebody... With some sort of issue, yeah. That's standing there chanting to himself with the book, and I found a so picture. So he was chanting. Yeah. So Did, I had, were you able to hear what he was saying? No, no. He was he was doing it under his breath. He was like, 
It almost sounded like it had a rhythm to it, but I couldn't understand what he was saying because I didn't want to slow down. So I have a picture of it. Right, so here's the picture that I took of him. So there he is in front of the crypt. So if you're in the chat at funemploymentradio.com slash live, we'll put it onto the uh, website as well. Okay, so there is the picture of him. So All there's right. the guy, and you can see the book in front of him. There's one of the candles. There are two other candles over there as well, and that's the crypt. And he's standing there kind of leaning forward. Okay, and he never acknowledged you. Never acknowledged me. Uh, Keelan in the live chat at funemploymentradio.com slash live, if you are a live listener, just said um, – Basically, you are a horror movie waiting to happen, yes. essentially, to paraphrase. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are pretty much. Mm-hmm. So that's disturbing um, for a couple of reasons. One, well, I'm so, kind of guessing that that's not his family in there. I'm not thinking so. Right, and here's a picture of the book. So that's exactly the book. Um, that so it's just a black leather bound book. It was a black leather bound like book with, with embossed, gold embossed writing on the front of it. It's a book of shadows, and it was leaning against the fence. Yeah, as uh, Jenky in the chat says, it doesn't matter if you think he has creepy voodoo powers. He thinks he has creepy voodoo powers. <laughs> That's true. And that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's a serial killer, but I will say, you know, Charles Manson believed he had superpowers. I have huh. to say, I've been um, like walking through Lone First Cemetery for all of the 13 years that I've lived here in Portland. And that is the first time I've ever actually been scared in there. And it wasn't because of anything ghosty. It was because... There was some creepy guy chanting with a book of shadows and candles just sitting there unbreaking. And you know what? I didn't even look at his eyes. Like, what if he just had, like, black holes for eyes or something? Well, I mean, I'm going to guess not. I don't think so either. I'm going to guess it's just some weird dude who is – I don't know. That's that's odd. <gasps> All right. So that, I was looking that, at so – what, Yeah, what exactly is the book of so shadows? So book of shadows, I was looking at this. So a lot of people are saying that it's like the Wiccan Bible, basically, like a Bible for witches. Like, it's their handbook kind of thing. But I found okay. the exact one. Uh, so this one's almost exactly I mean, the I know, same. I know people that are Wiccan or, or claim to be Wiccan, but I mean, they're not like, I don't think they cast spells. I don't, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, like with this one in particular, though, I recognized exactly what it is because I, I found the exact same copy with, with the same font and everything. And so a lot of them are like uh, Wiccan Bibles. But the one that I found because I found the exact book, this one's actually a journal. So it isn't the... Uh, it isn't the Bible thing for them. It's it's a, how it's described as a blank journal and or book designed for use as a magical diary. So uh, it's so it has uh, instruction sheets for consecration in it, as well as that's where you're supposed to write your magic spells and wishes and things. what kind of spells? I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't see it again. This is something just like with the Ouija board. Like I just don't want to mess with it. Whatever's going on over there, whether yeah, just like it was said in the chat, like whether it's real or not, this guy believes, and I just I would rather just stay away from it. I'd rather just not be. Involved. I was I was a, a fair distance away, so that's why the picture's a little blurry. You're the one taking pictures of him. I know. As he's doing I did. It. I pretended to tie my shoe because I, I finally had rounded the corner, and I was probably a good like sixty feet from him. And I looked to make sure because I'm like, what if he's looking back or what if he's staring at me or something? So I, I pretended to like tie my shoe as I'm trying to get my phone, my camera on my phone to work. Yeah. And I turned around like I was really freaked out because I'm like, is he noticing? Hadn't moved. He's just still standing there muttering and staring at the thing. So I ended up, I took a picture from a fair distance. And as soon as I got that picture, made sure that it took out, I booked the fuck out of there. I have never run that fast. Like I ran, I ran. You're probably in trouble because you took his picture. I, he couldn't if, tell I took his yeah, picture. Yeah, but what if you're not supposed to take his picture when he's doing those things? Ooh, you could be in trouble. 
this is a, this is the start of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Girl running through the running through the park, thinking it's like, ha ha ha. Oh, I'll take a picture of that guy. Now this guy, you've just ruined his spell. You've like put something on it, like re- messed up what he was doing. And he's gonna be like, it almost worked, but there's something. They captured something. It's not all there. No, he was in. It was a woman that took the picture, and then he's gonna find you, and then he's gonna start hunting you down because of the picture. Ooh, this could be bad for you. He was entranced with what he was doing. Like yeah. he, he did not notice anything else happening. He, I don't know. I'm no, saying. I know people are saying you're not supposed to take pictures at graveyards because, you know, the like, I don't know, because of haunted stuff and whatever. No, you're not supposed to take pictures of specific, like, gravestones, like the names and, and dates and such of that. You're not? Mm-mm. Why not? Because then they can follow you home. Well, I've done that before. Oh, no wonder you don't like Ouija boards. Huh. Did you take a picture of a... Yeah, I've taken a picture of... Did you take a picture of a tombstone that said Eunice on it? No, I did not do that. Okay. Huh. Well, that is that is... That would that would bother me. I would want to get it out of it. It was very strange. It was pretty... I do want to know weird. what it was he was doing. I kind of want to know what he was trying to... I don't know, what he was muttering or whatever was going on there. I, if I was with somebody else, I probably would have stood and, and stared and like asked him, like, what are you doing? Let's go. You but would was, have asked him that? If I was with somebody else... Why would you mess with that? Because I want to know. Hey, how's it going? Notice you're casting a spell over there. What kind of spell is it? What are you doing with your candles and your book of shadows? What's the book of shadows? Can I read your book of shadows? Oh, my God. You would be that person. You are a horror movie waiting to happen. You are that person. Sound like you said I'm a horror movie waiting to happen. Well, you're a horror movie. Horror. Horror. Movie. Horror movie waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, that's exactly the premise of one. Needless to say, I'm not going right to be running there. through there for a while. And then what, would you laugh at him? Laugh at him and then run away? I'm like, ha, <laughs> That's dumb. And then run away, and then uh, that just that's the start of the movie right there. No, I don't want to be part of your horror movie. I don't think I'm going to go back there for a little while. Problem that significantly freaked you, me out. Now you put me at risk mm-hmm. if this is going on, because just by association, I'm the friend in the horror movie who just gets like drawn into it. It's like, no, stay away from that, trying to be the voice of reason. And then, boom, they're going to go after should me. Should we ask the Ouija board if I did something wrong yesterday? <laughs> no, we should not. But I'll be one of the first ones to get it. Thanks, Sarah. God dang it. I've had... Okay, let's... Let's mm. Yeah, that's a little unnerving now, the more I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it should I mean, I'm be. really glad I got a picture of him because like it sounds like something made up. And I've never seen anything like that ever, ever especially in the middle of the day. Yeah. Like I would expect maybe some weird shit like that to happen, you know, like midnight if you're choosing to walk through there. No. Hi, my friends. How are you doing? My name is Sarah X. Dillon. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. Greg, first up, I got a story out of Oregon. It's a smaller Oregon. world of crazy. I feel like I've already done a lot of crazy today, so um, it's uh, it, it's packed full of punch, but a little bit smaller. Okay. Okay. Out of Lebanon, Oregon. I know where Lebanon is. All right. Officers in Lebanon say that a suspect they tried to trap at a traffic stop Drove too fast to pursue uh, for pursuing officers. However, it was his fragrant scent that ended up getting him caught. The Albany Democrat Herald reports that the driver gave officers in Lynn County the slip in a high-speed chase this past weekend. So this happened before dawn on Sunday, going more than 100 miles an hour in a red Honda Prelude. So uh, when he was driving through Lebanon, uh, Lebanon police later saw uh, the car parked after they had already tried to cite him for speeding, but he drove off. Okay. They eventually he parked found it on the street? 
Uh, it doesn't say where it parked. It said okay. that they found it parked and they started to search for him by foot. Okay. Uh, so they were searching all the nearby bushes and trees and such and weren't able to see him until one of them caught a whiff of a strong scent of cologne. <laughs> sure enough, they went to the smell and found the man hiding in some shrubs. Yes, 35-year-old uh, Charles V. Augusto has been arrested and jailed on charges, including probation violation and also trying to elude officers. Uh, officers did say that at the scene, after they caught him from his smell, he did tell them he regretted wearing cologne that day. <laughs> 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 he was caught for his smells. Yet one more reason not to wear too much cologne. There you go. Next up, Greg, do you ever find that you need a hug? Um, Everybody needs a hug sometimes. Yeah, maybe every now and then I'm not... Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I'm right. hesitant to say that because stranger hugs from behind are not... I don't like those. Oh, strange. Well, this is kind of a... This isn't a stranger hug, but it's a hug from behind that you can buy. And it's called an anti-loneliness chair, Greg. It's a chair that <laughs> hugs you. Of course, where is it from? Uh, Who do you think would create a anti-loneliness hugging chair? Japan. Japan, yeah. Greg. You okay. got it. I kind of figured... Yes, this new invention, this chair with a friendly face stitched onto it and a pair of arms that hug you. From behind? From behind. Well, it's kind of, it's like the arms of the chair. And oh. The arms come up and they hug you. Oh, no. So the chair with the friendly face and a pair of huggy arms is being sold in Japan to ease the loneliness of anyone who needs a hug. That's just now, sad. I know, right? Well, there come times in every person's life when... You just really need someone to put their arms around you. Now, one Japanese company has come up with a chair that's always willing to give you a comforting cuddle. How is that comforting to be surprised, hugged from behind <laughs> think, by an inanimate to, object? Like, There's a no. picture of it in the chat. You, I think you get to pick when it hugs you. I love you. I love you. Uh, so it's called the Tranquility. I'll never let you go. It's called the Tranquility Chair. Uh, it's built into the shape of a larger-than-life fabric doll. It looks like something from your nightmares, quite honestly. It's a giant fabric doll stitched onto the chair. Uh, but more importantly, it has long, strong arms that wrap around the user in an affectionate embrace. So, so it's like mechanical? It's mechanical, I think. I don't. Well, see, so what happens when it, it malfunctions mechanical? and then it just squeezes the life out of you? Again, this is a horror movie. You know what? It doesn't specify if it's mechanical. Oh, they don't tell you how it works. Okay. A friendly face and a fetching hat and long arms to wrap around the user in an, infec- in an affectionate embrace. Aren't there quite a lot of people in, in Japan? Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty populated place. You can't uh, find anybody? The spokesman Human? for the company who's selling the chair says it makes you feel safe. Anyone can use it, especially uh, older people. So uh, it seems like a lot of the aging population of Japan are looking for chair hugs, and so that's what they're targeting for. Although anybody who's feeling a little lonely can buy this chair. Oh, that would just make me feel more lonely. Wow. I guess so in Japan, they can create a whole thing where you don't even have to interact with people. In my mantra earlier where I was talking about never leave the house because that's just the safe thing to do, I suppose, I suppose that might actually work. You have that and then you I have your if robot. You to, there's nothing sadder too. Like, I think you, I would rather have a robot huggy chair than having to actually physically take the arms of your creepy huggy chair and wrap them around you. There's nothing sadder than trying to force someone else to hug you. It's just like, I'm ready for my hug now. One arm, two arms. Hold me close. Uh, it's going to be a bad movie version of this, like she. 
Oh, that could be. <laughs> so, uh, no word if they have, like, different, uh, different sexes or ethnicities or anything of the huggy chair. Or, excuse me, the tranquility chair. Don't turn around. I want to hug you and love you forever. And finally, this is my favorite story of the day. I did find this, and it's true. Made sure. And even if it's not true, I don't care. But it's true. At least as far as I know, as far as the internet knows. Okay. It's true. Greg, have you ever heard of a little product called Sproguard? Sproguard? Sproguard. 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 No. Well, Greg, it's a new invention, which is probably why you haven't heard about it. Greg, Scroguard is a newly invented condom for your scrotum. It's a scrotum condom for the common man. Wow. Please explain. The Scroguard is a girdle made of latex that, when paired with a condom, reduces skin-to-skin contact over the entire genital region. So what it does is actually it's almost like a latex diaper that you put on. You can snap it on, adjust to your size. It's a diaper? Like, so it's full? full. It's not full. It's just like a thong. It's like a latex thong, but it, it has a, a, a scrotal sack with like a hole in the front. So what you do is you put on your scro guard, and then you put on your condom, and it will stop more than just, you know, because like the condom only covers... Stop the saying penis. condom. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. The penis. But the scro guard covers all of that other area. So in in essence you're wearing basically like condom underwear. So this is initially targeted for couples who love to is swing. The, is this from Japan as well? Um nope. Okay. This is US. For couples who love to swing. It's it's it was mostly initiated for people who love to swing but they don't want to get those pesky STDs, you know, from uh, too much of their skin on skin with strangers. All right. So this is the Scroguard. Uh, so the Scroguard founder uh, his name's Addison Sears, said when we started developing the product, we thought there's got to be a need for people out there who want an extra layer of security or some peace of mind. Uh, people who are using it say that it's brilliant and phenomenal. One of the side effects if of Scroguard... you're sleeping with people that you're that worried about... I mean, is If it's it getting the to the Scroguard point, yeah. you probably shouldn't be having Maybe, sexual relations with them. Yeah. So the scroll guard can cover all of your essentials down there. And you can purchase one for just $19.99. But wait, don't let me tell you about it. Why don't I let the spokesperson of scroll guard tell you all about how this amazing invention can make your life easier. Of note, scroll guard is not a sponsor of Fun Employment Radio. Not yet, anyway. You are getting ready to have a blast, but you are not sure about someone's sexual past. Part of the skin of your genital area has a cover but most is still exposed to your lover. Not anymore. That's now, an explosion. there's Scroguard, the powerful new product that you can wear with any condom. The secret is the high-quality premium latex that is thick enough to cover your genital area, but thin enough to feel like a second skin. Uh. Just fasten any two buttons securely into place, and when you're ready, tuck the condom into the base. Got an intimate encounter with someone new? Sproguard slips easily into your pocket, so you can carry it with you wherever you go. You can also put on Sproguard hours before the main event, so that you can avoid awkward interruptions. 
Its soft, durable, elastic latex can expand to fit waist up to 48 inches. ScrollGuard is disposable and washable, so you can stay clean every time. See, stay and clean. shipping is discreet so that your privacy is protected. This product is not available in stores, so visit ScrollGuard.com to make sure you get yours. ScrollGuard. How would a, ScrollGuard. How would because a, protection is everything. How would a woman feel, though, if, say, you meet somebody, you know, you're, you're having... Yeah, you're you're reaching up to that point. Obviously, a condom's necessary. But then you're like, "Ee, wait a minute! You kind of look scroguard worthy. I'm a little questionable. No, no, it's no, a little but, questionable about what's going on." But what the dulcet tones of this gentleman said is that you could put your scroguard on hours in advance, so there isn't any uncomfortable. Hang right. on, That's what not is it? Because you're anticipating that this girl looks like a dirty whore, right? Because you're like, "You look like I need to wear a scroguard." That's essentially what you're saying to that person. <laughs> Being like, oh, well, and on top of that, you're like, oh, don't worry, I already put my scrow guard on earlier, so we're fine. <laughs> or maybe that's like the big relationship um, step. Like, you're just like, I'm ready to take off the scrow guard now. Now I feel like I trust you enough to not have to wear the scrow guard when we make sweet, passionate love. That's how close I am to you. Scrow guard! And there you have it, my beautiful friends. That is your world of crazy. That's a world of crazy right there. Scroguard. I don't know, yeah. man. I got my Scroguard on. I'm ready to go. Hey, who isn't ready to go when they have a good Scroguard on? <laughs> e- just a second. Before <laughs> we get started here, I wasn't sure. Just let me go put on my Scroguard to be safe. You look a little questionable. <laughs> so Scroguard is like the uh, like antithesis of Elaine on Seinfeld. It's like the sponge worthy. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's like the... I think this is just going to be better for both of us if I put my scrow guard on. <laughs> let's just not. not let's sh- avoid an awkward conversation later. Sure I'm just gonna going to put it on. on now before we eat dinner, Ooh, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Um, <sighs> should do a little bit of ball talk here, really quick, since we're just going straight for that. It's that kind of show today. <laughs> balls to balls, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> you should have called it scrotum talk today, Greg. <laughs> Scrow dog. I'm Greg Nibbler. Uh, let's talk balls. balls. And we might as well do this story. Well, Sarah, you've heard of the running of the bulls. This is your first time listening to the show. I promise it's not always about this stuff. But there is something now in Spain. Happening in a little town outside of Madrid called Running of the Balls. <laughs> I kid you not. What that is what it is called. What the does that even mean? So, running the bulls, of course, you know, that happens uh, in Pamplona or whatever it is. And they, where the bulls run down the streets and people run away from it. Well, this... And people get gouged. Right, people gorged. get gouged. Yeah. This actually sounds kind of fun. So instead of bulls, they line the streets so you can't really jump off of the streets. And it's like this downhill course uh, down an actual road through this town in Spain, uh, through a town of Matalpino. Matel? I don't know how to say it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Matalpino. Good old Matalpino. Yeah. Grigio. So you run down this, uh, run down here, and instead of being chased by a bull, it's a giant, like almost like a paper mache ball. But <gasps> think about it like this: think about in like the, an Indiana Jones, like an Indiana Jones, where the, at the beginning of that, where there's the giant uh, boulder that runs down and chases. That's kind of what it's like. That sounds kind of scary. And actually. so they run this thing down the down the hill, and you have to run away from it the entire time. It's called running of the balls. That's genius. 
And uh, so I guess this, this is the third year that it's been taking place in there. Third year that it's going on. And it's called uh, Balonciero, which is ba- Bolonciero. There we go. Uh, the running of the balls. So you can take place in that. Uh, it, you can go uh, participate in that in Spain if you would so like to. There you go. Moving on, ball talk. Uh, we've got this Major League Baseball news of the San Francisco Giants. Won yesterday, beating the Pittsburgh Pirates 8-0. Kind of the opposite of the exciting game that was the Kansas City Royals versus the Oakland A's. Mm. San Francisco just crushed them. So that uh, they will move on in the playoffs now. However, baseball is actually going to be testing out some new rules to speed up the game. The biggest, the biggest complaint everybody has about baseball is that it's so slow boring. to play oh, slow. a game. Yeah. And yes, boring. Boring. <laughs> Well, now some of the new rules that they're going to be trying out or that they're going to see if they can get past is this. They will have a maximum break between innings of two minutes and five seconds. Uh, They'll have pitchers must throw a pitch within 20 seconds. So no more standing there for five minutes while they sit there and debate and try to decide what they're going to throw. 20 seconds they'll have. There'll be like a countdown clock, kind of like in football where they have the play clock where you have to get a playoff in. Like in uh, NCAA, it's, I think it's 45 seconds. Yeah. This will be, or like in basketball, 24 seconds. The pitcher has 20 seconds to throw a pitch. Awesome. I like it when they throw in like these little side rules. Yep. Uh, teams are limited to a maximum of three mound visits per game. So they can go to the mound only three times during the game. So it's kind of like a timeout almost. They only get to do it three times. Uh, they'll have a maximum of two minutes, 30 seconds to change pitchers. It's kind of a good a good idea. And then when somebody wants to... in. Uh, like uh, intentionally walk someone to put them on base, like say it's a really good hitter and you don't want to throw to them. Instead of having to throw four balls to get that person off, the manager can just give a signal to the umpire and say, we're walking him, and the guy just takes a base. Hmm. Saves all saves a lot of time. I think it's not a bad idea. I like all of them except for that last one. You don't like that? Mm-mm. If they're going to intentionally walk someone? Well, I guess if they're intentionally going to. That's oh, okay, I mean. yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's what people do. I mean, they, it's really clear when they intentionally walk someone. No, I see what you're all saying. The, uh, stuff. Yeah, it's just a possibility. All right, finally in, finally in baseball uh, news here for Ball Talk, we've got this. The Washington Nationals are going to be playing on Friday in the playoff game, and you have the opportunity to get a couple of tickets. So here Woo, is a posting. Doggies. This was put up on Craigslist. I will read the entire thing here. It says, Washington Nationals Diamond Club. So Diamond Club is like the really good tickets. Diamond Club for threesome. I have two Diamond Club tickets for Friday's opening playoff game. The tickets include all-you-can-drink beer and wine, as well as all-you-can-eat gourmet food. I am willing to part with these tickets to you and a friend in exchange for a threesome. In parentheses, two women only. (laughs) At least he's specified. I am not some old gross dude, actually 24 and athletic. I just can't go to the game and don't really need the extra money, and I've always wanted to take place in a threesome. Please send two to three photos of you and your friend so I can see what we're working with. So I can see what we're working with? This is a no-strings-attached deal. So he's offering up his couple of tickets for a threesome. Good for him. Hey, gotta, more gotta, power to him. As he just said, good for him with working with what he has. Yeah, he says, I mean, it's all you can, I mean, all you can drink beer and wine and all you can eat gourmet food. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, if you're going to go on a date with someone, that's the most you could expect anyway. So, yeah. It's like going on a going on an all all paid for date. You don't have to you have to skip the small talk. You get to go to the baseball game. I wonder if they get to see what he looks like before. Probably not. <laughs> That's not part of the deal. <laughs> I would say not. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> just checking. <laughs> so there we go. I I mean I'd say more. That's an entrepreneur right there. 
That's somebody who's uh, you know, using what and they And a have. seeker of romance. And a seeker of romance. It's true. Greg, is he Chester Huntington III? Could very well be. A young Chester. Entrepreneur and seeker of romance. There you go. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk. Awesome. Well, I've had a lot of fun today, Greg. I have as well. I can't believe you've been able to do this entire show with me having the Ouija board out of the box I'm next to me. I'm just ignoring it. You I'm are ignoring, ignoring it, it, and that's the best that I can do. Well, we do have a birthday today that we need to do. Yes. And that is for Stephanie. Steph. Stephanie. She goes by Steph. Steph Infection. Oh, Steph. <laughs> yes. We happy. actually uh, saw her at the PBR Festival this past yes, weekend. Yes, we did. Steph, happy, happy, happy birthday, lady. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, gosh. Okay, just let us one more. Also, we need to give a very special happy birthday to me for my birthday month. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That one is nullified. That is not how that works. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. You can't tell drunk Elvis who he can and cannot sing to. So why don't you stop being a bully, okay? In one week, you can have your birthday. It's one week. One week left of your 34th year. 35th year? You'll be in your 36th year. I'm going to be in my 35th year. 37th year. All right. So no birthday month. Um, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. But we do need to say one other thing, and that is a big thank you to Metro PCS. Yes. For helping us bring, bring this show to you. They are a wonderful sponsor of Fun Employment Radio. I know we've been getting emails from people who have been switching to Metro PCS to their phone service. Thank you. Send in emails when you do. We really appreciate it. Of course, their policy is the $40 flat rate. That's it. No extra taxes. Mm-hmm. No nothing. Bam. 40 bucks. Phone service. Month to month. No contract. And they, you get uh, basically you're, you're using the um, T-Mobile network. So it's extensive coverage. It's really cool. Metro PCS is a fantastic sponsor of our show. And I just want to say we appreciate them. We so, do. MetroPCS.com slash Metro. I appreciate them too, Greg. I'm glad that you said that. Find a location near you right there, MetroPCS.com slash Metro. Also, don't forget, you can pick up your tickets to the Fun Employment Radio five-year anniversary party, which is happening November 14th, also at the Bossa Nova Ballroom. And we have an announcement about something else that's happening tomorrow. We will. We will have an announcement in addition to all of the entertainment we're bringing. We'll announce it tomorrow here on the show. So you'll want to stay tuned for that, but you can get your tickets now. FunEmploymentRadio.com. And they're selling, so I mean, just get them, get them out of the way. You don't want to miss anything. Yeah, FunEmploymentRadio.com. You can click there, pick up your ticket. That way you're done, you're good, you're good to go for it. Where we'll be, of course, Courage will be playing, CourageMusic.com, and also we'll be revealing the results of my ghost investigation. And a Fun Employment Radio live show, and the other thing we're going to be announcing tomorrow. So, All right. Thank you so much, everybody. You guys are fantastic. We really, really appreciate it. I hate, I hate Ouija boards. <laughs> Thank you to Lori Kilmartin, and we will be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Come back. Oh, real quick, of note as well for the network, uh, Guys and Balls, which normally airs on Thursdays at seven thirty p.m. They're not airing tonight. They're going to be switching to Tuesdays. They're going to be doing their show now from Tuesdays, and that's starting this next week. And also tomorrow, we're going to be doing a later show starting at two thirty. Yes, tomorrow's mm-hmm. actual Fun Employment Radio show will be at two thirty p.m. tomorrow. All right, thank you very much. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.